0: Time for rolling.
1: Hey, how's it going, everyone? Endless55 here. Uh, Welcome to episode 5 of Time for Rolling Esports. Uh, This episode, Crude and I really dive into this past weekend's Vanglory 8, weekend 2... A lot of crazy things happen. EU side, some shakeup on there, and then you know we kind of see some of the dominant teams in NA keep uh, having some strong performances. So, uh, real quick, I just want to give a shout out to our other podcast we have right now, which Arvin and Blico, Uh You can follow them on Twitter at Time for Rolling. Uh, you can also follow us and you know keep up with them when we release new episodes and whatnot at TFR underscore esports. So uh, go ahead and give those two Twitter pages a follow, and I hope you guys enjoy this episode. The right targets, that is one trade. T-Tigers is still pretty healthy, tries to jump in. He finds one. This is a big turnaround for Liberation X. They might get the third. They might find an ace here. On to Lost Top. Surry strike. It's not oh. that. goes down. He might go for he He's going to get one. He's going to
0: get two. Lost Boytop. Oh. Lost boy he does it! He gets the two
1: versus one turnaround under the turret! He this lives man too. is a god! That that was. Alright, hey guys, how's it going? Endless55 here. Um, it's a pretty crazy weekend. I hope you guys enjoyed all the vainglory. I am joined here with Crude Slaw. Hey guys, how's it going? We are not with each other. We are. Oh, I'm back home, he's at home, so. We're doing this for the first time over recording, and we're in our separate places, not right next to each other, which...
0: Hopefully this goes well. Fingers crossed that this, this works out. So we're, we're
1: experimenting
0: be, uh, be a little lenient with us this time, but hopefully this works out okay.
1: Yeah, the audio just may be a little different, but hopefully you guys can hear us just fine. All right, so you want to break down EU day one real quick?
0: Yeah, so day one for the the first game we had, uh, Mouse Sports versus SK Gaming. Um, obviously, SK Gaming took that 2-0. Um, yeah. Did you get to watch much of that game?
1: Yeah, Cabalifar, uh he looked pretty strong once again. Uh, see him still pulling out that Rona pick, which I don't oh, yeah. think really anyone else does. Like, Rona, Cavalifar must have this obsession with Rona that no one else does, and he kind of dominates with her. Yes, he did. Uh, That game two, uh, Denial versus G2, G2 had a much better outing. You know, they took that against Denial 2-0. Denial didn't play as well as they did against Cyclone. You know, they took a game away from Cyclone during uh, weekend one. So I was kind of happy to see G2 come back out and Hondur play uh, a lot better.
0: All right, so for game three, we actually had uh, Fnatic first team secret. This is the one that they actually uh, streamed. They didn't stream the other one. Uh, Fnatic actually uh, won 2-0 this, this match. They won. They took both games from Team Secret. I was very impressed.
1: Yeah, I mean, it kind of looks like Fnatic is... They kind of got that chemistry down. They're starting to play as a team. Um, team Secret got their roster back, which was surprising that they didn't maybe play as well as they did last week. They got Tricky back in there at the lane. Just Man went back on that cap and roll. And uh, Leon, he went back to the jungle. So I'm kind of interested to see... What they do now, since they kind of lost both these games, they didn't pick up any points this week. But, I mean, JJ, I mean, he looked really good against Team Secret. And Fnatic winning against a team like Team Secret was, I think, really strong for them. I'm I'm excited to see them in the future.
0: I told you to keep your eyes out for this Fnatic team, man. I knew when they got that chemistry together, they would be – I mean obviously they're all stars. We've had we've known these names for a really long time. They're they're all really good. I think it just it's going to take some time for them to to get to know how they play, which I know they're all friends and stuff, so th- they've been playing with each other for a while, but I was really surprised with this team secret and the fact that they had all their people on the positions that they wanted
1: them on. Yeah, I mean it'd be interesting to see how that uh, team chat is with Mowgli not in the team chat and with like Leon being the shot caller. Mm-hmm and, you know, making the decision. So um, tricky doesn't seem as strong in the lane as uh, I've seen him in the past. So, I mean, hopefully they can keep practicing. And if, you know, they need to make roster changes, and they need to make roster changes. But I'm sure the team seeker will figure it out. Mowgli's extremely smart. I know it's he likes probably being in that kind of super sub-coach role so he can sit back and, you know, study gameplay, study the uh, the film, and, see what his team needs to do to win. So yeah, it's gonna be interesting yeah. to see the four teams, Fnatic, Cyclone, G2, and SK. Alright,
0: so then for game four, which was off stream, actually was um rising Lotus versus Cyclone. And Cyclone took that two O as well.
1: Yeah, um I didn't watch this game. We didn't I didn't go back and rewatch it, but uh, it was nice to see that Cyclone is you know, they got that top spot last week, so they're still looking strong and uh Rising Lotus didn't get um did they have any points during last week? No. Oh yeah, last week yes, they did have one.
0: So they will end up with one point. Um, but they did not get any points this week. So it's gonna be rough for them uh for the next week here trying to they got they gotta start doing some serious winning to get back
1: into the into the upper part yeah so i mean that's eu for day one um some pretty good matchups i was kind of surprised with the fanatic team secret game but other than that i was uh pretty set on who won and nothing else really kind of surprised me so uh moving over to na it was kind of a crazy day one with a lot of uh good games happening
0: yeah so for the first game of the day we actually had echo fox versus immortals and uh I know, do you want to break down the, uh, the draft a little bit more?
1: Yeah, so um, game one of Echo Fox versus Immortals, we saw the Lone Delphi on that uh, Alpha, Kolomik on that Arden, and Mishi on the Ringo. And then for Immortals, we had Aloha on a Fortress, which was kind of that, you know, kind of the same build we see people build with Glade, we get that Stormcrown Aftershock. Uh, We saw Dnzo on this uh, Jewel, which Jewel we saw a lot in day one, along with Fortress. Fortress and Jewel are definitely kind of prioritized. And then we saw Veins on that Lyra. So kind of interesting draft on the Mortal side. I know we were both interested to see how they were going to match up since they struggled so much in week one. And I think we both kind of picked Fox to win this game, didn't we?
0: Yeah, um, I was really surprised. I mean, like you were talking about with the bands, uh, Immortals banning out that Adagio first. I, I was kind of surprised Echo Fox didn't just then go ahead and pick up that Lyra. Um, they actually picked up that Ringo first, like you said. And um, that left Immortals wide open, and they picked up Lyra then. Um, so, yeah, I think it was an interesting draft. Um, Echo Fox kind of, you know, they, they got rid of that uh, Glaive first. Um, and then Immortals banned out that Adagio, which then Echo Fox went and picked up Ringo for their first pickup, which then left Lyra for Immortals. And I thought that was really interesting why Echo Fox wouldn't pick up Lyra. Um, what do you think about that?
1: Um, I just, Maybe Echo Fox isn't, wasn't worried about the Lyra. Uh, I'm sure Fuji maybe had something and like, hey, let's prioritize the Ringo. Let's get Mishi on the Ringo. Maybe uh, Missy was like feeling that he wanted that Ringo to be comfortable on. And, I mean, Lyra's good, but maybe Fuji's just like, we're not going to lose the game just because we didn't pick up Lyra. So I'm sure there's a lot more behind the scenes on that decision. Yeah.
0: Uh, I I mean, they had D'Enzio on the uh, the jewel. I think he was kind of taking a page out of the EU book, going with that jewel pick. Uh, I was kind of interested to see how he played that.
1: Yeah, I mean, Lone Delphi kind of struggled on the – on the alpha, he couldn't really get the damage off like we saw, like we see kind of later on happening in the, the day with Zeno on that alpha. But uh, Immortals, uh, you know, they're back. They had a great game one. Uh, they ran that Storm Crown Fortress, like I mentioned. And Diancie on that Jewel, he was kind of terrifying. He just jumped in there and caused, you know, caused some havoc. And he did a he had a really strong performance with Jewel. Yeah, I agree. Um, I've, I-
0: Immortals, they pretty much took that game one pretty easily. I I want to kind of talk about Cole a little bit. I thought some of his gauntlets uh, were not the best. Um, it was kind of like the whole purpose of the gauntlet is you know to trap one to maybe two people inside the gauntlet and isolate the you know maybe the carry outside of the gauntlet. It just seemed like every time he was laying down a gauntlet, he was trapping all three of them on the inside, and you know that's that went right well that went really well with with Jewel. I mean, trap all three of. Immortals inside that gauntlet with you, and Jewel will just start eating you, got eating them alive. So,
1: yeah, I think it kind of played right. End of mortals, uh, it kind of played in their hand, and you know, let him trap us all in here because we're we're just gonna, you know, she can Jewel can throw out her thunder strikes and just get that crit up. And I mean, it, it can be hard to land those gauntlets, and maybe land it perfectly to where the captain's outside, or where just one of them's out, and you can kind of get more damage off on one player. So. Maybe seeing Cole on that Lance would kind of maybe be a better pick in this case to try to keep Fortress away and kind of use those knockbacks. But, I mean, I think Arden's yeah. a strong pickup as well. Yeah.
0: All right, so for game two, do you want to break down the draft for game two then?
1: For the second game, the ban's for Immortals and Echo Fox. Immortals is on A side and Echo Fox is on B. Uh, Immortals starts off by banning away that Adagio. And then Echo Fox goes ahead and just bans away the Lyra and they just take it off the table altogether. So, we kind of have the two main laners left for this first round of picks, which Immortals goes ahead and picks up that uh, box for DNZO. We kind of know DNZO is really strong on the box. And then Echo goes ahead and picks up that Ringo again for uh, Mishy. And then for the second rounds of bans, we see Immortals take away that Fortress. So, I mean, so far we have Fortress on has been picked or banned 100%. And then Echo Fox goes ahead and bans out Glaive, which. We've kind of been seeing people picking Glade not as much and Glade not actually getting through the draft. And then for the last two picks on both sides, Immortals goes ahead and picks up this Arden. And then the Crystal Blackfeather on Aloha, which I was excited to see. I know Crystal Blackfeather is really based off of Poke and can really lay down a lot of damage. And then Equifax goes ahead and picks up that Lance finally. I was kind of glad to see that Lance come through for on Cole. I think Cole's really strong with Lance and then they pick up their own poke machine with that Kestrel on that, that crystal Kestrel. And I was really excited to see uh, lone Delphi on that, that Kestrel this game.
0: Yeah. I mean, I really like the, uh, the pickup by Aloha there. Um, like we were talking about going on that, that crystal black feather, I thought it was a really good pickup because that allowed him to get a, an Atlas pauldron and kind of really stay on top of that Ringo. Um, they, I think they both ended up picking up an Atlas pauldron, him, uh, Blackfeather and Arden. Um, So they were trying to, obviously, isolate out that Ringo and eliminate him from the match and just kind of make it a 2v3, and then they would worry about that Ringo afterwards. Um, But, yeah, I think both teams drafted really well. They both had really great, great poke comps.
1: Yeah, we saw it was kind of like a slower match. There was just a lot of, like... Teams weren't as aggressive. They would kind of were just sit back and keep poking. Uh, we saw Loa, you know, throwing out his on points and really poking down the in- enemy team. And Lone Delphi, he would just do the same, throw out his glimmer shots, and they would just kind of poke each other down. So, you know, it was a past-minute 30 game. We saw a big stall in the jungle, and the NCAA was like, okay, I'm tired of this stalemate. He rotated up and took down that choke, uh, choke point turret, which forced Echo Fox to, instead of them backing and going home, they kind of rotated up and fought at this choke point turret, which, you know, allowed Baines to just throw down that gauntlet and kind of trap out Mishi And absolutely, uh, you know, they took, they took them all out and got that ace and ended up ending the game.
0: Yeah, I mean, I kind of thought it was interesting, Lone Delphi with that Kestrel build. Like, most of the professionals, I feel like when I watch them, they, they don't really build defense with that Kestrel. Um, but I thought it was really interesting that Kestrel, he, he bought that reflex block, and maybe that was to help prevent any of the gauntlets he might have gotten trapped in. But um, with, when you when you can go stealth like that and be able to walk around the entire map, I just thought it was really interesting him him buying that that reflex bot
1: block. I mean, yeah, he had a great game with you know kind of just poking down DMZO. He hit some insane uh, one shot one kills on the lane and kind of always had ZO like low on health. And um, I think overall, Lone did what he could during that game. He uh, Lone finished strong on that. That, that crystal kestrel and just mission couldn't really you know wasn't there to support him with the damage wasn't really there to back him up so i mean overall immortals looked good in those two games and they took that series
0: 2-0 yeah which i think is really important because both these teams were needing some serious points this week and uh like like you said immortals got i got the, the two points there and it kind of left echo fox on the outside looking in so
1: so yeah going over to match two we see it's hammers versus rogue um we first, right away, we kind of noticed that Chicken was not here. He was our the sub, Max Green, was in, which, I mean, me and you both, we've, we know Max Green. He's a good roamer. He's a good captain. So I wasn't really worried seeing Chicken gone. It wasn't like it was starting all over. T-Tiger's missing. Um, but for the bans and picks for this first match, we see Hammer Sports starts off by banning Flicker, which I don't know if this was a particular comp they were going for or maybe Rogue, has been playing Flickr a lot. Or maybe they were just like, hey, we're going to ban Flickr because he's pointless, and we just want to see what you guys are going to do. And kind of that, like, let's see what you guys can to do with us banning really no one. So, I mean, Rogue goes ahead and bans out that Ringo, which I was kind of surprised, which that left us Adagio and Lyra open for both teams. So Hammer Sports, Esports, goes ahead and picks up that Adagio, and Rogue goes ahead and picks up Lyra. For the second round of bans, we see Hammers uh, ban away that Taka, and then we see Rogue ban away that Glaive. And then for the two pickups on each side, Hammers pick up a Fortress, so we get another Fortress in the mix-up. So it's still 100% we've seen Fortress, and then they pick up that uh, Alpha for T-Tigers, which instantly we kind of speculated that like this Fortress was going to be a, a Captain Fortress. Dodger was gonna be in the lane, and that T Tigers is gonna be on this possibly weapon power alpha, which a lot of people don't have as much faith in. They think Crystal is definitely stronger, but you know, separating that damage, making sure you don't have just two crystal, you can kind of really stack defense on that. So uh, I was kind of excited to see how what T Tigers could do with a weapon power alpha. And then the last two pickups for Rogue, they picked up Vox and Pedal. Which those are definitely mobile heroes. that can kinda stay away from the Alpha. And uh Lyra can only do so much to help keep them away. And I kinda wish I would have saw maybe a jungler come out of Rogue that was a little more tankier. And uh pedal can do a lot of damage, but can't stay alive if that weapon power alpha can stick on top of her.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean that's what I was kinda like in the beginning I was interested to see with this maybe I thought maybe they might try a double crystal, but, but um T-Tiger's going on the alpha, going weapon power. I was like, hmm, how is this going to work out? Because you don't see that weapon power alpha very much. But it's T-Tiger's proved it's just as strong, and he did very well. I thought he did a very good job of sticking on the pedal in the vox and getting on there and doing damage as well. So, yeah, I think it was an interesting draft by Hammers, but I think it worked really well for them in game one.
1: Yeah, we saw during the game uh, Evolve kind of had uh, – I mean, Hammers pretty much dominated, but Evolve had a little – Crazy Crack and Steel, which kind of just stalled the game out. Um, I think starting all over was just super strong in the backfield. Rogue didn't really have a comp to jump on starting all over and get in the backline. And starting, he had like uh, alternating current, uh, shattered glass, broken myth. He really just sat back and spit out damage. Yt Tigers just caused chaos during the matches. So starting all over had a much better match. You know his position was much better. I know I kind of criticized him last week in that matchup against Gangstars, but I was really happy to see starting have a really strong game in that first matchup.
0: Yeah. So for game two with the draft, um, starting out rogue was on a side hammers was on B side, uh, rogue started out and they, they actually banned out uh Ringo right away, which then hammers counter banned with an Adagio. So, uh, that was, I thought that was kind of interesting because that gave the Lyra right over to rogue. Yes. Yeah. So go ahead.
1: Um, I'm just confused. I want to know, like, why Rogue is so, you know, they were really based on banning Ringo. So I don't know if they just don't want to see starting all over on Ringo and maybe starting just really shines on that Ringo. But, I mean, they banned them both times and just kind yeah. of left Hammers to either pick up Vox or, and kind of left their laner kind of maybe in the dark. Yeah, so then Hammers follows it up and picks up the Vox for their laner. Um, second round of bans for Rogue and Hammers are... Rogue bans away that Glaive again, and then we see Hammers ban away this Taka. So it kind of left a lot open for both these teams coming into their last two picks. Um, I was kind of happy with what Rogue ended up picking up. They picked up that Gwen and Samuel. So uh, Gwen's not picked as much. I think she's still very valuable and still super strong as a laner. And I was really excited to see Sibs on the Samuel and see what he can kind of do in the jungle. And then we go ahead and see hammers pick up a Fortress, which now we know Fortress is going to be this captain role again. We still see Fortress 100% so far. Hasn't been, he's been banned or picked in every game, which, you know, that's kind of what we talked about last week is we're excited to see what changes within one week. You know, during week one, yeah. we didn't see, we I mean, I'm sure we saw Fortress, but not in every game like we have so far.
0: Yeah, I think Fortress and Jewel are the two, like, major change-ups so far from, from week, uh, week one to week two.
1: Yeah, and then Hammers finishes it off by picking up a Kashka, which we see this kind of old meta, super aggressive Kashka Fortress where you can really engage and kind of win that early game and then just completely snowball the game, which that's what I thought was probably going to happen in this case. Rogue did an excellent job of not letting that happen, and I think Rogue had a really strong game for the most part overall. So, yeah, the early game, uh, we saw Hammers try to be aggressive, but Sibs on that Samuel really didn't let it happen. They did a really strong job of taking control of early game. I know they had a 3-1 lead early on, and that kind of just continued. They um – Pick smart fights, and they Kashka just couldn't really lock anyone down. Evil had some really great crucibles and kept his team alive. He he started out with that crucible on Lyra instead of getting a fountain first, which you know helps with the sigil that heals faster if you have more health. It scales well, and having that reflex for the Sakashka kind of helps eliminate that uh, level six spiral.
0: I kind of felt like that rogue pretty much had was in control of this game most of the time. Uh, you know, like especially that early game. You know, they were like you said, they were fighting off Hammers, that Kashka, the early aggression. But, you know, I mean they got the Kraken at sixteen minutes and then again at twenty four minutes, um, Hammers was actually or I'm sorry, Rogue was actually trying to bait Hammers, but they were going after the Kraken and Hammers made a really good decision in not taking that bait and they actually just pretty much reversed it and they went into the lane and started putting pressure on their turrets, which forced Rogue then to back off and have to retreat back to their turrets. Well Hammers caught them out and they they pretty much deleted them off the map and aced them. It was it was really weird. It was just like the whole game I was like okay, Rogue Rogue's got control, Rogue's doing this, and then all of a sudden a flip of a switch, it was like Hammers ace and the game was over. So
1: yeah, kind of in that last series, I kind of lost the game for Rogue. I mean, they're winning and went kills, you know, they're up in the scoreboard, but uh, they tried to bait the Kraken out They probably should have just backed And gone home and cleared lane And fought next to turret But instead they kind of picked a fight at the choke point And retreated back to their uh, Crystal Sentry Which, I mean, it's a smart move You kind of have that 4v3 advantage But they ended up losing the fight anyways And Hammers were extremely close to Rogue's base And they just got to push with the rest of their minions And they won the game and took game 2
0: So yeah, the final matchup uh, Was TSM versus C9 actually and you want to break down the drafting part of that again?
1: Yeah, so for game one, Team Solo Mid, Cloud Nine, I know we're both really excited to see how this goes out. These teams are probably the two strongest teams right now, and um, them playing together early on kind of sets the way for the whole weekend all together. But uh, Team Solo Mid, right away, Flash, he bans out that Fortress. So, so far, we still have had 100% Fortress picker ban. Um, Cloud Nine goes ahead and follows up by picking uh, banning out that Adagio. Which allows Fat Flash to pick up his Lyra. Uh, Cloud Nine goes ahead and picks up that Glaive, which I instantly think it's gonna be, you know, that cooldown Glaive, but Glaive's been playing on that captain roll a lot, so he kinda doesn't really show their hand too much. Uh, second round of picks for Team Solom or bans for Team Solo Mid and Cloud Nine. Team Solo Mid, Flash, he bans out this Grumpjaw, which instantly kinda
0: yeah, I thought that was really interesting that he did that. I mean, that's that's the FlashX mastermind of him just kind of getting rid of. He's like, you know what? We're just gonna throw away a band because we want to keep more of those powerful options open, and I think it kind of worked out for him there.
1: Yeah, I mean, Cloud Nine goes ahead and bans the Finn then, and they don't really know what Team Solomid's going for because with that throwaway Grumpjaw band. Uh, Team SoloMid instantly locks in Kashka doesn't even spend a second thinking about it. So they definitely had this comp in mind. It's something they probably had practiced, and they know that it's kind of a super aggressive comp. Cloud9 goes ahead, and they pick up a Vox and a Rhyme, which, you know, I kind of agree with the analyst right from here, was that Rhyme is a good counter, because he can get that fortified health down, he's really strong against other melee heroes, and I thought that'd be a good counter for Isla Joseph to be on that Rhyme, but, I mean, unfortunately, Team SoloMid Mid just kind of had the better comp from the beginning, and they just showed out a lot better in this first match.
0: Yeah, so diving into the game, I kind of thought in the beginning there that I, I kind of noticed old school was out of place in my opinion, early on in the game, which kind of led uh, TSM just kind of kind of start snowballing, I guess you could say, especially with that Koshka. Um, also early on in the game, once well, once they got uh, level six and they got Yummy Cabinet Frenzy, I thought they did a great job of kind of doing some chain stuns. Um, you know, Kashka diving in, getting her Yummy Cabinet Frenzy out, and then right there would be the jewel to do her rocket leap on and stun them up and before they could even start moving again, they were
1: depleted off the map. So, Old school definitely struggled. He went 0-7 that game, which I really don't think it's completely his fault. They had that best chuck on that jewel and Vonsi on the Kashka, two heroes that are can easily jump in and get on that back line. Uh, I get why Gabe Vizel picked up that glaive early on, cause just to take it away from Team Solomid. But with the... Uh, Two heroes on team solo midside that can just get in the back line with Gabe. Only thing he really can do to peel for his team is a knockback, which he can only knock back either Vonsi or Best Chuck. He can't knock them both back, which still right. puts, you know, old school in that vulnerable position. You know, Bestchuck went nine and two. He definitely had a great game on that jewel. I love Joseph yeah. just really couldn't get any damage off on that rhyme.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean at one point uh, TSM was going for the gold for the gold mine, and C9 came down to contest it. And C9 actually ended up stealing it. Well, so they got their 300 gold there. Well, I, I think they, they should have backed off a little bit harder. Yeah, so TSM then, they got, they got the gold mine stolen from them, but they went up and they actually took the turret. So the, each team got 300 gold. But I think, you know, TSM comes out on top on that trade. They'll take that trade every time because they get the 300 gold plus the turret. So that kind of opens up the map a little bit for them to – um, do a little bit more you know farming on their side they have a little bit more control of
1: the map yeah i mean it kind of puts old school in a sticky situation he can't push as much up he has to stay back and wait for the the lane to come to him and team solo mid can stall more and kind of make old school less use or less useful during the match as the match goes on for c9 but yeah team solo they won that first match i think it was a great first match for them and i think cloud 9 definitely needed to change up their draft for match 2
0: yeah, the ending, though, of that, that match one, I thought it was pretty interesting. They had that 3v3 going on down at the end. And at this time, C9 didn't have any any turfs left. Uh, it was just their vein crystal. So it was almost like Flash X was like, all right, we're going to start up this 3, 3v3 team fight. And at one point, uh, I feel like Flash was kind of, like, making the decisions. And he was like, all right, vonsi go ahead and run to the base. Because it was over on their side, right down by the uh, the crystal sentry. And Von C just, all of a sudden, he just took off with his Kashka in that and he went uh, pretty much base running to uh, the vein. They finally realized a little well, bit. At that point, it was too late, and Koshka had already done the damage and ended the game right there.
1: Yeah, I mean, Gabe realized what was happening. He burn over the wall. Uh, Best Chuck just jumped, rock, Rocket leaped over the wall, and they kind of just didn't have enough damage to stop them from taking that, the crystal at the very end of the game.
0: Yep, so for game two, do you want to break down the draft for game two then?
1: Yeah, so the game two, the draft kind of went the similar ways. Just Cloud Nine was on A and Team Sylvan was on P. Cloud Nine starts right away by banning that Fortress. Uh, Team Sylvanid, they start off by banning the Adagio, which allows Cloud Nine to pick up the library right away. Uh, I think Team Sylvanid was, they were, Flash was probably pretty happy with Fon C on his Kashka, so they go ahead and pick up that Kashka right away, which you really don't see a jungler being picked up that early. Normally, like the laners are kind of prioritized right away or the the captain position so that was kind of an interesting move on flash's part um for the second round of pit or bans, cloud nine goes and bans out that lance uh team slow mid goes ahead and they ban a cruel which again i thought it was interesting i'm not saying that was a throwaway ban but just another ban that isn't really really affect you know how the draft plays out um This allowed Cloud9 to pick up Jewel, so I think they were going to try and play that lane Jewel as well, which you know we've seen a lot Lane Jewel during Day One, as well as Day Two. Um, Then we see Ozo being picked up, which I know you had liked that Ozo pick.
0: Yeah, I think I mean that Ozo. We've talked about it before. I love how the fact that you know he can kind of bounce around. He it's great for engage or disengage. I mean, you can get in and do some damage, and then you know whether you're around a a minion you can hop out of the fight. It's really great for positioning or repositioning. Um, And I think it was a great job, but the only thing, the only bad thing about that was, is that TSM had already kind of picked up that glaive. And I think that glaive can, you know, with its afterburn, he can just kind of afterburn in there and knock Ozo out and kind of eliminate that whole thing from happening from him bouncing around and try to delete him out of the fight.
1: Yeah. We see flash X decide to get the glaive for the captain position, which we've seen Flash do this, Captain Glaive. It's not my favorite pick, but it works for them. If they're the pros. Obviously, it's a good pickup. And then they put Best Chuck on the Ringo. So,
0: I mean, yeah. Flash X, Flash X did a really good job with the repositioning, um, you know, getting people where they needed to be. I was, I was very impressed with that.
1: Yeah, I mean, he can easily kind of afterburn, and if Ozo's hopping around, he can knock him out of that, kind of get him in a position where Ozo's a little more vulnerable for Fonzie to get a lot of damage down. Um, but overall, the draft was pretty solid. I mean, I know a lot of people think that Ozo pick is kind of weird, but I think both sides had a solid draft.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, pretty much early game, diving into the game here, I think TSM pretty much pretty much steamrolled the early game. They they uh, had a lot of aggression. Alright, so C9's goal was I think definitely to get on top of Best Chuck and to Alice him and remove him from the fight. Um, that didn't really work out that well, in my opinion. They tried doing it,
1: but um, I think old school attempted to do the you know, that strong jewel play. I don't know if his build was exactly I'd be interesting to see he kinda just built the standard sorrowblade uh breaking point and tyrants. I know jewel Thunderstrikes crit like insane amount, so maybe seeing him pick up two tyrants or getting like um, instead of a sorrow blade like a tornado trigger and having more of that attack speed. But I mean I'm sure both builds work. But maybe that crit could just really take down that Ringo if he could jump and get on top of Best Chuck on that Ringo and maybe get an Atlas off. But, I mean, Flash, you know, he went 4-0. and He had a flawless game and really just made some great shot calling and some great plays for his team altogether. I mean, Von C he went 7-3, and and seven so his early game aggression was spot on and really just kind of hampered that Ozo and I Love Joseph from really shining on the Ozo.
0: Yeah, I wanted to talk about that Von C, his Kashka play. Um, at one point, it was like the 16-minute mark. He actually was kind of doing some serious turret diving. He, uh, he took out two of the players that were going back to, back to base because to, they were low on health, and he actually cleaned up both of those kills, which gave them that ace, which then just turned around and allowed them to go back and uh, uh, unleash the crack, and I think that was a big turning point in that fight. Uh, it kind of just ended up making that steamroll that much better.
1: Yeah, Vansi had a Eva Harvest, which is not something you see on Kashka that much. Uh, I think it was like his item three. So, I mean, it was kind of interesting to see Vansi, who's this really aggressive person, pick up an item that gives him a little more sustain and helps him be even more aggressive so he can possibly turret dive two full turrets, which was absolutely insane. Yeah. And that just really shows the team communication there and Flash's trust in Von C. Like Flash stood in between two turrets and let the turrets just shoot him while Von C went and killed two people. Like it was pretty pretty insane play. Alright, so that that was the third game that was streamed. Um the last game that was off stream was Gangstars versus Misfits. I was kinda of disappointed we couldn't see it on stream, but you know, they posted the links for the YouTube video, so we got to go back and rewatch those matchups, which I mean, was a great showing by Gangstars. They looked even stronger than last week. Uh, the breakdown for those drafts are uh, on Game 1. We saw Misfits on A-side and Gangstars on the B-side. Gangs- Misfits starts off right away by banning that Ringo. So, you know, we saw Ringo get banned out a lot in this Lyra kind of getting through and actually being picked up. Uh, Gangstars goes ahead and bans out that Adagio, which allows Misfits to pick up that Lyra. Gangsters go ahead and pick up Lance, which I thought was good. You know, Rekt is really strong on that Lance. He uh, has really great impales. So, for the second bans, Misfit goes ahead and bans out that Kashka. Kashka has been a really aggressive, just aggressive jungler in general, so they just wanted to get her off the board. Gangsters follow up by banning away that Glaive, which we've seen Glaive be banned out a lot, not really getting through the draft on this that particular day one. Uh, so misfits goes ahead and follows what everyone else has been doing, and they pick up that jewel. So they put king in the lane with jewel and get illus on that tack in the jungle. Which you know I thought was a pretty strong draft for them right away. Gangsters go ahead and they pick up that you know that fox and they get zeno on that alpha, which we saw last week. Alpha actually zeno actually played really well on that alpha.
0: Yeah, I mean I agree with you. I think that I think misfits kind of won that draft there, uh, but. Illus being on that Taka, uh, he did a lot of jungle invading early on, and I think that was good for them to kind of get that early game going.
1: I mean, Xeno was super strong on this alpha. Illus did wreak some havoc in the early game and did kind of counter jungle, but I don't really think it affected gangsters in general. I mean, Xeno ended up with 11-5. Iraqi ended up 9-5. It kind of really just, it was an aggressive game on both sides. It was a high-scoring game.
0: Yeah, Xeno actually, early on, he had the going with like Crystal Power and Weapon Blade. Um, I think that was just that early game so he could try to farm quicker to try to keep up with that Taka a little bit uh, before he obviously eventually all switched over to all Crystal Power. Um, but Yeah, I, I was kind of interested to see how, how that was going to work out for him. I think it worked out pretty well for
1: him. Yeah, it gave him that slight edge early, game aggressive aggression. You know, we had saw this uh, Weapon Power Alpha earlier, which T-Tigers obviously did really well on. But, I mean, Zeno showed that Crystal's just as strong. I think both both alphas, no matter what you play, is a really, really strong pickup. That double life termination protocol really just, you know, gives that extra kind of annoyance. you got to have to focus him and kill him twice or let Iraqi, you know, then Iraqi just can sit there and spit out a lot of damage on that weapon power box.
0: Yeah, I thought it was kind of interesting at, at points. point. Um, I felt like that Gangstars did a much better job of, like, Rotating and fighting with their full team. Uh, I know at one point, uh, Gangstars was going to take down one of Misfits' turrets, and um, they kind of Misfits came back. Uh, they had just one of the guys had just died, and they had came back, and they were not waiting. Instead of just letting them take the turret and to regroup, they kind of just went back one by one. It's like how you know when I play solo queue, and uh, I just go running back out and. Try to think I can take on a one v three team. It doesn't work out that way.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think overall it was a good game. Game for Gangstars, they seen those really showing out and having a really strong performance. Uh, game two kind of carried on the same way. Uh, they had, Gangstars had another great game and another great matchup. They start off right away by banning away the Lance Misfits goes ahead and bans away that Lyra, which allows Gangstars and. Iraqi to pick up that Adagio, which doesn't really show anything. That Adagio can be a captain or a laner. Uh, Misfits goes ahead and puts what I thought was going to be king on this uh, box, but ends up being Illist. They kind of switch roles again. So we saw Illust on Taka game one, but then we saw king on Taka game two. Gangsters go ahead and ban out the Finn, and then Misfits go ahead and ban out that glaive. Uh, Gangstars picks up that Ringo, which means we know Iraqis is going to be on that Ringo, and that Rekt is probably going to be that Captain Adagio. And then they go ahead and pick up this pretty aggressive Kashka for uh, Xenotech. Uh, Misfits go ahead and pick up Fortress, which this is... Uh, last game was the first time Fortress was not picked or banned. So every game on the day one, we saw Fortress picked or banned, besides one game between Gangstars and Misfits.
0: Yeah, I thought it was kind of a mistake going back to... Um gangstars they got they got the adagio Wreck got his adagio you don't want Rec to having a healer uh, captain but cuz misfits did ban out that lyra first and i i don't know i just don't i don't feel like that was a good choice to let them get a healer and then that didn't allow misfits to have a healer
1: captain on their side well i mean they really had the only thing they would have been able to do is not ban lyra then they would have to ban someone else because you know, Gangstar is either like, okay, give wrecked Lyra, give wrecked uh, Adagio. And I think they'd much rather give wrecked Adagio if they're not feeling comfortable to be playing the Lyra. Um, so, yeah, you want to break down this game then?
0: Yeah, so for game two, um, obviously, Xeno was very aggressive with his Kashka early on. Um, Eco on that Rome Fortress, I thought he did a good job with that. But. Zeno was just too much. He was going over on their side, taking Triance, getting early kills, uh, pretty much started the steamroll
1: pretty early. Yeah, I think Zeno just was you know, super strong, really showing that he can make some crazy plays. And him and Rekt, he just said, Rekt, I'm going to go, you know, uh, I'm going to go aggressive, I'm going to invade, and Rack would rotate down and just help Zeno out when he needed it. But Zeno was just looking really strong, wasn't he really able to be touched on this Kashka, and really starting to prove that he, he's not limited to any hero. He can play anyone and really have a strong performance.
0: Yeah, uh, there was at one point... Uh, Gangstars unleashed the Kraken at like 16 minutes, and I thought that was actually gonna be the end of the game, but Misfits did a really good job of actually defending that Kraken, and uh, kind of, I guess, prolonging the game in the end, because they still lost, but uh, as soon as that second Kraken was up, um, Gangstars took it again, and that pretty much cleaned it up, and I think Gangstars did a really good job of, once they had that momentum on their side from that early game, they kind of just, they kept the farming, they were, they were farming Misfits jungle, they eliminated the sentry turret, and uh, were able to just keep, they pretty much just starved misfits of all their farm, and I think that's pretty much what just kind of allowed them to just take the Krakens and win the game. It was pretty pretty basic stuff.
1: Yeah, I mean, overall, it was a pretty exciting day one. Um, a lot of good matches, and it was kind of, we saw Immortals and Hammers both be the two teams that had no points, and they're kind of at the bottom, so it's good to see them get those wins on that first day, and, uh, actually get up there on the leaderboards
0: i think it's actually a little crazy too to see that c9 you know i mean obviously they played tsm and that's a hard match of the first but i think that's kind of huge that c9's not going to get any points now for this week at least
1: well i mean c9 didn't make it to the finals last week so i think they only had five points so let's kind of switch over to day two and quickly break down these eu matchups and these semifinals and finals do you want to go ahead and break down the first semifinal
0: yeah, so for semi number one, we had Fnatic versus Cyclone. Um, Fnatic actually took it two zero. I was kind of surprised by that, um, with Cyclone being the defending uh, week one champion, I guess you could say, and Fnatic not showing out that well. But they're back, man. I think they've got their synergy and they're they're ready to go.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was nice to see those guys get into the finals and definitely show EU that they are, you know, for real, and that Fnatic didn't pick them up for nothing. Um, for the second semifinal, you know, kind of the same situation with G2, uh, a team that was kind of at the bottom and they definitely were in a position they had to make some moves this week and they found themselves in the semifinals against um, SK Gaming. So G2, you know, took that game from SK. Cavalifar didn't get his team into the finals again. So we saw the finals from uh, G2 versus Fnatic.
0: So, yeah, actually G2 took that from Fnatic, the finals there, Um, that was a really, really impressive two matches. What did you think about the
1: finals? Yeah, I mean, I just I didn't really care who won. I was excited just to see a bottom team get a lot of points, and excited to see two of the teams that we may kind of thought were bad actually be in the finals and showcase themselves. So, um, yeah, that was
0: that was really crucial that they, I mean, got those points. It kind of it evened out that playing field a little bit because they didn't have anything from the first week, and it put them back in the hunt up there.
1: Yeah, so I mean, it's kind of interesting to see this EU scene it be, you know, shake up a lot, and it kind of be this really tight battle altogether. So I mean, the, the total point breakdown for uh, Europe for these first two weeks, we got Cyclone at the top still with twelve, G2 Esports with nine, SK Gaming with seven, Team Secret with seven, Fnatic with six, Denial Esports with three, Rising Lotus one, and Mouse Sports zero. So I mean, it's definitely a tight race. I mean, we got three-point difference from uh, fifth place to second place. So there's a lot of teams that are going to be able to make some moves, and even Denial Esports with three can easily make big moves within the next week. So let's go ahead and move over to uh, NA and break down these semifinal matches. Um, For the first one, we see Gangstars versus Immortals. We'll we'll dive into the
0: drafts here. Um, Gangstars was on side A, Immortals was on side B, drafting, and uh, the first BAM— Uh, Gangstars got rid of that jewel, um, Immortals got rid of the Adagio, which that allowed then the Lyra to be left open, and Gangstars quickly snatched up that Lyra, um, so then for Immortals' first pick, they came out with a fortress, thought that was a pretty strong pick there, um, then Immortals went with the ban of Kashka, and then Gangstars went with the ban of Lance. Um, so then for the final two pickups for each team, Gangstars ended up picking up Ringo and Kestrel, and Immortals ended up picking up Vox and Arden.
1: Yeah, I mean, I thought it was a pretty strong draft on both sides. I think Immortals may have won just by picking up this Fortress, who's actually going to be the jungle role, and having this uh, Arden as their, their captain, so... Uh, I mean, Gangstars, I was excited to see Xeno back on this Crystal Kestrel. I know we've talked about a lot in the past that that was one of his most comfortable heroes. So, you know, getting to see him back on top of uh, maybe a comfortable hero, I was really interested to see how this match was going to play out.
0: Yeah, I mean, actually, the draft I thought was really interesting because when I first started watching it, the Gangstars had kind of more of a squishy comp and the Immortals had more of more bruiser. Um. So I was interested to see how that was gonna pan out. Um, I actually kind of gave Immortals the. Um, I thought they had a better draft. I guess we'll say.
1: Yeah, which we saw. Wreck. Uh, you know, he's famous for getting the storm crown before his fountain, which he did. Once again, it kind of allows him, you know, to get more poked down on the enemy laner.
0: Yeah, he got that. I mean. That was huge, because he was able to just start taking objectives so quickly, and they, with that Kestrel mixed in there, they just put out so much damage so quick, they took that turret, I mean, they took that turret sub-six minutes, and I think it, that just started the whole steamroll, and the early game was just way, way too strong for Immortals in that beginning.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of people don't realize that uh, a Lyra paired up with really any laner, I mean, there, there certain laners that can take turrets faster, but with Lyra's range, and you get a... St- the Storm Crown is really strong and powerful so she can just sit back with her ranges so long and just slowly poke down the turret and you know getting a turret down in six minutes it you know opens up the map so much for gangstars kind of gives them that ability to have uh, some more map control and really uh, put that pressure on immortals with Zeno on that, uh, that crystal Kestrel and be able to poke people down. So yeah I mean you can want to kind of break down how the game
0: ended. Pretty much Veins was caught out of position at the 19 minute mark. And which that caused Immortals to lose the game. Um, Gangstars got the ace and pretty much just walked down and destroyed the turrets and got rid of the vein crystal.
1: Yeah, I mean overall it was a good strong performance for Gangstars in that first game. So, um, game two we had another kind of interesting matchup or uh, draft wise for Gangstars and Immortals. We had Immortals on side A and Gangstars on side B. Uh, Immortals started off by banning away that lance right away. Which, you know, teams are doing this where they don't ban away Adagio or Lyra because they want to make the Team B ban one of those so they can pick up the one they don't ban. Gangsters ended up picking up that Adagio, uh, which a lot of mortals pick up the Lyra. Gangsters go ahead and pick up that Glaive, you know, get that possible cooldown Glaive. You know, at that time you don't really know if it's going to be the captain or a jungle role. Immortals ends up banning away for second ban Fortress, which has been a popular thing for day one and day two of the second week. And then Gangsters surprisingly go and ban out a pedal, which is something that hasn't been banned as much as it used to be. For the last two pickups, Immortals pick up this uh, very powerful Kashgar right now, and along with the Ringo. And Gangsters pick up a Vox, which I know Iraqi, which that kind of shows that Iraqi's probably going to be on the Vox, and then they end up with a Rhyme. So, uh wrecked on that Captain Glaive and getting Zeno on this uh, rhyme, which I was kind of surprised about.
0: Yeah, I was very interested to see how uh, Zeno was going to play with that rhyme. Um, I wasn't actually that excited about that rhyme pickup. I would have liked to see maybe more of that Kestrel again or maybe a Samuel. Um, Zeno played Samuel all the time on his streams and stuff, and I know he loves playing Samuel, but I'm very surprised we haven't seen him play that Samuel as much.
1: Yeah, I just think with, uh, with Kashka she has a lot of movement, so she can kind of twirl and spinning. She kind of has that movement speed and can kind of keep her distant from Rhyme and not let him get that root off on her.
0: In the beginning of the game, actually, that first blood went over to Gangstar's, and was, that was within the first minute. Um, Immortals had a three-man invade later on with Xeno uh, at the jungle. At, I think it was about 4.30, um, and that was the first time they got the kill on the board there for, for, for Immortals.
1: So yeah, I mean, we kind of really saw from the draft right away what I kind of thought was just Ryan struggling against the Kashka. Kashka having a lot of movement speed, and uh, Gangsters just kind of struggled early on. You know, uh, Immortals took that first turret around minute eight, so that was kind of a quick turret—not not the quickest turrets we've seen—but that you know, like I said, that opens up the map. It really allows for a lot of things to start changing, and uh, Immortals, you know, just kind of took advantage of that. Uh, they have that. They actually did a really good job of blocking out that Glaive's knock afterburn from Wrecked, uh, which you know that's all that Glaive's good for. Trying to get the enemy carry in range for Zeno to get that damage down. So it didn't work out as well as they thought. You know they end up giving up the uh, Immortals, ended up unleashing the Kraken, and that was really just the, the game-winning push for that second game.
0: Yeah, I mean I think pretty much just to kind of sum up that game, it was all early game by Immortals, and it just steamrolled in uh gangsters had no answer to it and they just pushed with that crack in there at the 18 minute mark and that was it was game over so
1: yeah so i mean game three we uh we gotta see a game three come out of this matchup so we were trying to uh, kind of interested to see what maybe would change in drafts you know kind of game three is when you get these crazy draft pickups so i was interested to see what maybe uh these teams would do which you know it it was interesting from the bat the um, Adagio and Lyra both went through, so the teams get, both got the healers picked up, which was um, not something we've seen normally. Uh, Iraqi was on this Crystal Vox, which, you know, this is something that he continues to play throughout day two, which is just a lot of people don't like Crystal Vox right now. In some situation, Crystal Vox is good, and that Crystal Vox was paired up with a weapon powered feather, which you would think you would just switch them because Crystal Vox is always. Been weapon power in this black feather right now has always been crystal. So I was int- I was interesting to see them kind of play their traditional roles They used to be in old metas. And I don't know if Iraqi was just trying to switch up the damage and not have the traditional weapon powered box and the crystal powers uh, black feather.
0: Yeah, I mean it was really interesting too to see um Zeno was actually pretty aggressive early and with that black feather, I mean he doesn't really he takes that time to to build up and, you know, get that either that breaking point and that serpent's mask, but he was pretty aggressive with it and I, I don't know, it just it was it worked out in the end, obviously, but I think it kinda maybe did a little bit of a setback to gangstars in the beginning and they had to try to get back on track. Um, they did end up getting an A set at the six minute mark though. Um, I think that was really one of the big big uh, highlights of the match there.
1: Yeah, I mean, sometimes early matches or early aces like that can really change how a match may play out. But, I mean, it was good to see that Crystal Box and that Weapon Power Blackfeather get that win in match three. And uh, Gangstars were able to move on to the finals, I'm sure. Or Mortals were hoping that they would be able to get to the finals where so they can get even more points because... They definitely were on the the bottom half of this week's leaderboards, and they were trying to make their way up, so it was you know good to see Gangstars get to the finals again and you know maybe see another rematch of Gangstars versus TSM, depending on how the next match goes. So, I mean, let's go right over this next match and figure out what happens with this TSM and Hammers game.
0: Yeah, so for the first matchup with, uh, or the first game for TSM and Hammers, uh, the draft ended up the draft ended up being, so for Hammers was on the A side and Team Silomid was on the B side. Um, Hammers immediately bans Lyra and Team Silomid counters that and immediately bans the Adagio. So neither healer captain was available for this game. Uh, going back to Hammers then, they locked in a fortress. I thought it was a pretty interesting pick there. Um, you know, he could be that captain or it could be that... Uh, jungle Crystal, so it kind of didn't really show their hand there to Team Solomid. Uh, team Solomid answered that with a Kashka pick. Um, then both for the next two bands, Team Solomid came through and banned out Ringo. Hammers banned out Lance. And for the final two pickups for each team, uh, Hammers picked up Glaive and Sky. And then Team Solomid picked up Vox and a Flicker.
1: Yeah, I mean, we have two pretty interesting picks in this match. I mean, we see a Sky, which we don't see as much anymore. Um, We saw kind of a bounce back between Weapon Power Sky and Crystal Sky. So, you know, both of them have been viable in the past. But this patch right now, you know, other laners were kind of uh, prioritized over the Sky. And then Flicker, you know, we only have, we have a Lance, Lyra, and Adagio band out here. So, You know, we still got a Finn and Arden. I know Catherine's not played as much, but uh, Flash decided to go with that Flicker and maybe just kind of do a surprise pick right off the bat and have that really early lane uh, pressure against uh, starting all over in the lane. I think you did a really good job
0: of that as well.
1: And also, real quick, I think it
0: is um, worth noting that Max Green was playing again for Chicken123. Chicken123 did not play again today, so.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was a good matchup overall. Uh we kinda saw um you know Von C back on this Kashka again, so we kinda can look out for that early blood. But you know, Hammers actually got the first blood first and kinda started out with that early aggression. I mean yeah, we saw kind of you know, since Flash is on this flicker, there's it's good to have early aggression. You know, Von C kinda can be too aggressive sometimes, so we kinda saw him do that. He paused ultimate, use that yummy captain of frenzy. Behind the turret with three people, you know, three of the hammers, all three players up. So, I mean, that was just really an aggressive play for him and maybe not exactly what he wanted to do. Sometimes you can just kind of get, you know, excited and hit that ultimate, even though once he did it, Von C was probably like, well, that was a mistake. Um, but, yeah, I think just Von C uh, and Flash picking up that atlas and, you know, being able to uh, activate that on really whoever was in the area helped them, you know, just kind of eliminate starting all over from the team fights. You know, just really focusing on uh, getting that one player out of the out of the matches or out of the team fights early really gave TSM that advantage.
0: Yeah, so I mean, TSM then pretty much at the 15 minute mark, as soon as that Kraken pretty much came up, um, they uh, went over to get that Kraken and they unleashed the Kraken, went and took out the tier three turret and the two turrets in the base, and that was the game ending push. So they took that game.
1: Yeah, so for Game 2, we can go back to the drafts and look at how uh, Hammers really switched anything up against Team Solo Mid. So, you know, TSM was on draft side A with Hammers on uh, side B. Uh, I mean, Slash actually started out by banning the Lyra. Normally, he doesn't really do that. So Hammers followed up by banning out the Adagio. Once again, we see Team Suleiman picking up that Kashka right away, which I think that's what Flash is trying to do. He's trying to get that Kashka for Bonsi. Bonsi right now is so incredibly strong on this Kashka. He knows his limits, he knows how to be aggressive, and can balance this when to go in and when not to go in. Hammers ends up picking up the box, which I know is a good pick. We're starting all over, it's a strong pick in the lane. Team Solomon follows up in the second ban by banning away that Fortress. And then Hammers actually, you know, they go ahead and ban that Flicker. So I think Flicker was annoying enough in that game one where they just didn't want to deal with the Flicker didn't want to deal with that pressure that Flicker put on starting all over in the lane. So the last two pickups on each side, Team Solo Mid picked up the Glaive and the Ringo. So we see this another a Captain Glaive, which is becoming more and more famous. We see him a lot more out there on the, on the team with the teams and the team captains playing those or Captain Glaives. And then for the last two sides, we see uh, hammers picking up. Uh, <clears throat> we see hammers picking up Lance and a Samuel. So I was really happy to see a Samuel. I think Samuel does great in the jungle. Uh, I think he's strong. Teams just don't always pick him up because you know he's not as quick and maybe not as mobile as someone like Akashka.
0: Yeah, like pretty much what you were saying. I I, I thought that it was pretty interesting that um, hammers was really trying to take away those flash X picks. Flash X picks, and uh, it left the door right open for Von C to get his kashka. And, I mean, as we've kind of seen, it, when uh, Von C gets on that kashka, it's uh, it's pretty much GG. He's he's very good with that. Um, I actually like the T-Tigers ta- getting on Samuel, though. I think that was good for him and his ability to kind of kite away from kashka, even though they can close that gap. But when he uh, releases that... Uh, drifting dark it kind of speeds up, it gives him a a speed boost and he can just try to cut away from there
1: yeah i mean um you know von c maybe got a little too aggressive early on he did uh die over on the hammer side of the jungle but uh, i mean he was like level six at minute four which is absolutely crazy you know that just shows that he's taking away that jungle and kind of getting as much of that experience as he can early on uh, again, we see a pretty early turret push from uh t s m They get a, the tur- the first turret at the five minute mark, which that you know, just gives the map advantage it gives a gold advantage early for t s m
0: yeah, I mean, I actually thought it was crazy going back to Von C. he almost had level six at four minutes and he was he was just farming up so well and just harassing the the jungle of hammers and he was not letting them be able to operate the way that they wanted to operate I feel like you know
1: yeah I mean best chuck was still doing really well up there in the lane um, he was out farming starting all over and I just think that early reg- aggression from TSM really just kind of it kind of puts a lot of pressure on starting all over any laner to that fact and it just doesn't allow them to be comfortable farming and just focusing on getting that gold and getting that you know a laner needs a lot of gold to get those uh, you know as many tier three items as possible as quick as possible so I, and starting still had, has had decent games. It's just been harder for him with this as a team that's as aggressive and that's playing as well as Team Solomid is right now. They're just playing pretty much perfect throughout these games we've seen.
0: Yeah, I mean, I actually kind of questioned too at one point um, some of the plays by Max Green. Um, he didn't get the fountain as early as what you know they normally do. I, I was noticing he was spending a lot on vision, which I understand he wants to keep an eye on that Kashka and try not to let them get into that jungle, but. That Kashka with being so powerful, he had he had they had no sustain. They would just get depleted off the map. I mean, he did finally end up getting six minutes, which isn't too late. But I just thought that was kind of interesting that you know he was spending more of that more of his money on flares and uh, scout traps compared to trying to just rush and get to that fountain right away.
1: Which, I mean, against a flicker, I know he didn't, we didn't have the flicker in this game, but against the flicker, that's a smart thing to do. You, There's a lot of, you know, that invisible coming out of flicker, so you kind of need that uh, vision to see when he's going to come out to the lane and gank. But, you know, maybe Max Green just didn't want Von C to have too much control of their jungle, so he just wanted some vision down there to be able to control Von C and see if Von C was going to go too far in his jungle that they could rotate down and maybe handle Von C and you know, make sure he knew that, you know, the laner and the captain was going to rotate down and help their jungler and not leave uh, T-Tigers out to dry. But, yeah, I mean, TSM, you know, they just showed, you know, how good they are, how skilled they are, and, you know, they unleashed the Kraken at, like, minute 16, and they just pushed down for uh, to take that series 2-0. All
0: right, so switching over to the finals for Gangstars versus TSM, all right, so yeah, let's dive into the draft then for match one of the finals here with Gangstars and Team Solo Mid. Um, so Team Solo Mid actually started out and they banned Lyra, um, which then allowed Gangstars to counter that by getting rid of the Adagio, obviously. We see that quite a bit, um, which then allowed Team Solo Mid to get the, his... Uh, Von C got his Koshka, which we, we know that we've seen throughout the day that Von C wants to be on that Koshka. Um, Going back to Gangstars, then they picked up Vox, and then for the final two bands, uh, Gangstars got rid of Flicker, and Team Solomid got rid of uh, Lance, and then for their final two pickups, Gangstars picked up Finn and Alpha, and then Team Solomid picked up Glaive and
1: Ringo. Which is the exact same comp they just beat uh, Hammers at in the last game, so it's... Definitely one of their go to comps. I think they really like Ch- Best Chocolate, really likes being on that Ringo, and we know Von C likes being on that Kashka. But you know, Gangstar's back on this alpha. I was really excited to see it, but it wasn't a Crystal Alpha. Am I correct on that?
0: Yes, you are correct. It was
1: not. A- we saw a Crystal Box again. I mean, maybe Iraqi thinks Crystal Vox is still good and maybe even better than the Weapon Power because, I, I mean, I don't have a problem with Alpha being a Weapon Power just because we've seen two Tigers play that Weapon Power Alpha and do an extremely good job. So, I mean, I don't know why they didn't, you know, just allow Xeno be Crystal and let um, that Vox be Weapon Power because I feel like that those are the stronger ones of the two. Um, so I think... Gangsters may have struggled because of that. Um, but, yeah, overall, uh, you know, once again, I think our main thing to watch was just Fonzie on the Kashka and how aggressive he can be uh, to happen, how aggressive he can be early on. I think it's kind of something teams maybe need to start banning away. I don't know if it's worth banning away Kashka over Nandagio, just because of how strong Adaju is. But, I mean, when Bonsi gets the Kashka, uh, I don't think he loses much.
0: No, not at all. And, I mean, talking about the Gangstar side of it a little bit, um, Wrecked on that fin, I think he played very well with his fin. He had some good pulls, actually. Trying to help keep uh, Xenotech alive in the jungle with that, with that barrier. TSM actually had an ace at the 12-minute mark, and that allowed them to take two, the the tier two turret. Um, I think that was kind of a, a big turning point in the match. There, um, I also thought it was kind of interesting that Double Atlas came out with with Koshka and Flash X. Um, that's basically what they you know, their whole goal is is trying to just eliminate Iraqi from from the fight. You know, hop hop on him, um, Atlas him, destroy him, and then start worrying about that that Alpha and it's his reboot. Um, I think that was kind of their plan most of the time.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's really a smart idea when you have a Kashka who can jump on uh, an enemy carry that easily, especially with um, Iraqi being the box. He doesn't have the greatest range, so he kind of normally is already in a sticky situation and kind of closer to these team fights. So. Uh, Gangsters just struggled overall throughout the game, uh, defending the against the push of TSM. You know when they unleash a kraken, you know it was just hard for Gangsters to defend it because of uh, that just that crazy aggression from Vonsi.
0: Yeah, I mean actually, Gangsters did defend that that the for the first kraken there pretty well. That um, that saved them so they could fight on. Um, and then Gangsters actually turned around and got an ace onto TSM which allowed Gangstars to unleash the Kraken at the 21-minute mark then. So I thought that was, I was like, oh, man, uh, maybe we're going to get a little bit of a turnaround here, and it could be—it could get a little interesting. But uh, TSM defended it.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was fun to see Gangstars and Team Solo mid uh, back at it again. I know we saw them actually in the third and fourth place for both Viz Pros since uh, Hammers and C9 were in those championships. So it's kind of funny now that we're seeing... And the Vanglory 8, we're seeing uh, gangsters and team solo mid in the championship now and seeing them do back-to-back weeks, kind of fighting it out. And, you know, I mean, when these teams play weekend after weekend like this and they're in these uh, competitive situations, I'm sure there's a lot of thought behind these drafts and what can we do to change it up and, you know, kind of surprise the other team. Because, you know, when you let Von C get on this Kashka over and over, you know, it's hard to defend uh defend that when Von C is just so incredibly comfortable in that Kashka. So for this game two of Gangstars first Team Solo Mid, we have Gangstars on the A side and TSM on the B side. And, you know, Gangstars finally decided that enough is enough. They ban out that Kashka, they take it away from Von C and they really leave it up to uh, Team Solo Mid for that second ban on how they want to play it out. So Team Silla Mid's like, okay, well, let's put the two healers in this game and see how it goes. So they, they ban out that Kestrel, which... I think it is smart because of uh, Zeno's been playing Kestrel really well right now as well. So Gangstars go ahead and pick up Adagio on their first pick, and then Team Solomid picks up Lyra, which I know Flashly really likes a Lyra and does really well with her. So, I mean, at that point, you know, it could be that carry Lyra. We see best Bestchuck last week do a really well job on that uh, Crystal Lyra. So... Um, but for the second bans, we see Gangstars banning away that Flicker with Team Silomid banning away the uh, Lance. I mean, we see Rec play that Lance a lot, and I know he's really well at the Impales and Githian Walls in general. So, you know, making Rek play a different captain position and get him on something else that he may not be as comfortable on. But Gangstars go up, and they pick up that fin for Wreck, and they get Zeno you know, back on that Blackfeather, which I think is a, a smart play for them. Team Solomid follows up by getting a jewel. So we get to see Best Chuck on this jewel. We get to see how he fares up against, you know, old, we saw Old School. We saw the DNZO, We saw, you know, a lot of the other NA carries play this uh, jewel. So let's see how, you know, Best Chuck matches up against the other ones. And then we actually get to see Bansi on this fortress. So I think it's kind of interesting to see him still on an aggressive hero. Kasha can jump in. You know get a lot of damage out fortress can get in and not necessarily get a lot of damage out but he can still do a pretty good amount of damage and can help his team get that engage going so it was a great draft for this game too i think gangsters i think i think gangsters won it just based off of them banning away that Kashka.
0: yeah i would agree with that i had gangsters winning that too um i, I was very interested to see how um how iraqi would play this cp adagio I saw that start, it was going CP adagio. Um, I mean, compared to like you know, he's been doing this this CP Vox, which I, in my opinion isn't very strong. I don't really understand it. Um, but he played he played very well on that CP adagio. Um, there was a lot of poking going on early in the game, but you know, no one really wanted to give up that first blood. Um, the first blood did actually go to Iraqi on that on that uh, uh, CP adagio. So.
1: Yeah, I mean, we saw Zeno kind of using that black feather to get in on um, Best Chuck and kind of, you know, be a nuisance during the fight and letting Iraqi sit back and get the damage off, you know. I mean, had a really great fin play. I was really surprised, you know. He's normally really strong on the lance, but, you know, him on that fin, he did, uh, he did a lot of, you know, CC, got some really crazy pulls. He had a great pull over the wall. And um, he just really kind of zoned out the enemy team as best as he could. Um, on the team solo mid side, I was I was kind of excited to see Von see on Fortress and see how strong he was with just the Fortress. Fortress is really good late game. You know, Attack of the Pack comes out, kind of to deal with the Wolves and kind of like you know take care of them before you can take care of the enemy's heroes. So that can be kind of chaotic when those uh, Attack of the Pack comes out. So yeah, then
0: Gangstar's pretty much just unleashed the Kraken at the 16 minute mark, and that was the game ending push. Um, it was. Pretty
1: basic. Uh, they went on to force a game three. Then, yeah, I mean, this kind of put the, you know, pressure on, pressure on TSM, and you know, they had to have like a better draft for this game three and kind of take it more seriously, in my opinion. Not that they screwed around in that game two, but I think TSM definitely got the draft they wanted for this game three. Um, right away, we see Team Silla mid banning out that Lyra, and then Gangstar's really have no choice but they, you know, they ban out that that Kashka right away. Uh, Team Solomid goes ahead and picks up the Adagio, then, which I think it's good to take away from Iraqi. He just had a, that really strong performance on that game, too. Gangsters go ahead and pick up that Lance for Erect. And then the second round of bands, they're kind of interesting bands. We see Team Solomid ban away a pedal. And then we see Gangsters ban away a flicker, which I think that's good to get um, Iraqi kind of safer in the lane and not have Flash up there, you know, terrorizing him all the time. For the next two pickups, we see. Uh, Glaive and Fen for Team the Mid, and then we see a Vox and Black Feather again, which uh, I kind of, I kind of was hoping for a, a Weapon Power Vox and a CP Black Feather, but uh, once again we saw a Crystal Vox and a Weapon Power Black Feather.
0: Yeah, I mean that's what I kind of gave TSM then or TSM the the, the draft there, I, just because when I saw that I knew that I figured it was going to be going back onto that CP Vox, and then Xeno, Xeno on that Weapon Power uh, Blackfeather, which Xeno is really good with that Weapon Power Blackfeather, but once again, I still don't understand that Crystal Power Vox. It just Maybe it's just not for me. I don't know. It didn't show out very well with that today.
1: Yeah, I mean, TSM starts out being aggressive right away with the Fortress, you know. You know, turret diving, yet that first blood. You know, best chuck just in the lane in general was just out-farming Iraqi and just really, you know, being the better laner during this uh, this series altogether. Iraqi just kind of struggled. And, I mean, he didn't struggle on that Adachi. I think there's a lot of other picks out there besides this Crystal Vox. And I kind of would like to see Iraqi maybe practicing a different uh, carry more. Maybe like a Baron. I know Baron can be a struggle as well. But, I mean... Celeste isn't bad. I don't I don't know what's wrong with Celeste in this case, and, you know, having a, a crystal laner, I would love to see Meta shift back to crystal laners. I think they're really fun and make the game interesting, but...
0: Yeah, I, w- I just want to see a crystal scarf just
1: one time. What you ask for. <laughs> I think we saw it a couple times during Challengers, and it actually worked out pretty well. I mean... Uh, I know Rogue really likes uh, Jungle Scarf, and they think yeah. Scarf is really a really fun, I think Scarf in general is really fun here to play, but I think you had touched on how Vansi was just like absolutely melting Iraqi.
0: Yeah, I mean, he he was all over him. Uh, I mean, Iraqi wasn't building against Von C in the beginning, and I thought that was kind of interesting, because like I just said, Vansi would get on top of him and complete him. And he kept just building more crystal uh, uh, attack power or uh, crystal power, and I was just I I didn't understand why he would do that and not build defense because if you can't last long enough, there's no point with a crystal power Vox because you're not going to be able to do any damage when you're dead.
1: Yeah, I mean I think TSM had a really strong, pretty clean game in that third match. They definitely. Had better team communications just stuck together and all together played a better game than gangstars and they won that game three. They were uh, the NA first place again this week and they get another eight points. so
0: let's- yeah let's let's go ahead and break down the uh, the NA um, point totals then. Um, so TSM ended up with 16. Uh, gangstars ended up with 13. C nine ended up with five. Hammers has five. Immortals has four. Rogue has two, and that leaves Misfits and Echo Fox both with zero. So, I mean, at the top of that NA bracket, you got TSM and Gangstar, and then there's a big gap between C9 and Hammer. So I think from C9 and Hammer's on down, there can still be a lot of, of ground made up. and I mean, there still can be ground made up with TSM and, and Gangstar's too, um, but it's, it's kind of wide open more down at the bottom.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think we'll see Team Sullivan and Gangstars face off in the first round here soon, so one of those teams will kind of lose out on points for a week, which we'll be able to kind of even out the points throughout the rest of the the scoreboard, but I mean, real quick, let's go ahead and give away our MVPs for this weekend for NA, and then we'll wrap this episode up.
0: Yeah, so for our Look, you want to start with the captain? We'll start with the captain. For our uh, our captain pick, we ended up going with Rekt. I think he just he uh, he played really well this week, um, helping Gangstars get back to the the um, the finals again. So then our uh, laner, our the laner we're giving the MVP to is going to be Best Chuck NA again this week. Um, he's he's just top notch with that.
1: Yeah, I think uh, Best Chuck just no one else has really proved that. They deserve the MVP yet. Yeah. I mean, Iraqi, he played well once again up until the finals. I think he kind of struggled in the finals matches again. Um, and then Old School had a better week this week. But I think Best Struck really pretty much wherever he gets put on, he does a pretty good job of just getting in the right position, not getting melted by the enemy jungler, and just really helps his team in general. And then for the jungler MVP, I mean, we got to give it to Bon C this week. The dude was just absolutely monstrous on that Kashka.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, it, it didn't really matter who he was on, but yeah, that Kashka was pretty much what stood out for us, and that's why we gave them.
1: So yeah, overall, it was a pretty exciting week too of Um I know the EU side definitely had some big moves this week, so that was exciting to see. And uh, Hopefully next week with the NA side, we can get some of these lower teams uh, making some moves for themselves. Thanks for listening to episode 5 of Time for Rolling Esports. Um, just real quick, one want to say congrats to the three winners we had over on the giveaway we had over on our Twitter page. Uh, I'll be looking out for more of those in the future. And we will see you guys later this week when we break down week 3 of Vanglory 8.
0: Time for Rolling